So today's talk is on um, a topic called Tetralogy of Fallow. So now that hopefully you've listened to the Fetal Circulation podcast, today's talk on Tetralogy of Fallow should make a little bit more sense. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about what Tetralogy of Fallow is and then talk about a few things involved in the management. It's very much going to be a general overview. So what is Tetralogy of Fallow? Okay, what is Tetralogy of Fallow? Okay. So Tetra meaning four and it's four features, okay? So it was described in 1888 by Louis Fallot. So it's the physiology created by four anatomical malformations, okay? So Tetralogy of Fallot, Louis Fallot, 1888. What are the four features? Okay, what are the four features of Tetralogy of Fallot? So We've got an interventricular communication, okay, or in other words, a ventricular septal defect. We've got an aorta or an aortic root that overrides a muscular ventricular septum. Obstruction of the right ventricular outflow tract and right ventricular hypertrophy, okay? It occurs in three in every 10,000 live births. And it's the most common cause of cyanotic heart disease in patients beyond neonatal age. And it's about 10% of all cardiac congenital lesions. Okay. So embryologically, why does this happen? Okay. So... This combination of lesions is normally because of a deviation of your ventricular septum, okay? This um, deviation can be found without the subpulmonary obstruction or the left, right ventricular outflow obstruction seen in tetralogy. In things like Eisenmenger, VSDs, etc., Okay, so we'll first talk about the ventricular septal defect. So the interventricular communication or the ventricular septal defect in Tetralogy of Fallow exists embryologically because there is a misalignment of the outlet portion of the ventricular septum of the muscular component, okay, which results in a hole, okay. So that's what happens, okay? So that's very important. So it's due to a, a malalignment that creates a hole, okay? So that's one of the features. So if you think first feature is a BSD. Second thing is we've got overriding of the aorta, okay? Because of this malaligned outlet part of the septum 
this malalignment displaces into the right ventricle. Okay. Because of this malalignment into the right ventricle, the aortic root overrides the ventricular septal defect. Okay. So if you've got significant subpulmonary obstruction, which is what we've got, shunting across the VST is primarily right to left. Okay. So we get oxygen low or oxygen deficient blood into the systemic circulation. You get chronic volume loading of this overriding aorta that leads to dilation of the aortic route. Okay, number three. Okay, so you get narrowing of the subpulmonary outflow tract. Okay, which is number three. And that's quite an important thing because this subpulmonary obstruction is why we might get tet spells or tetralogy spells. Typical SBA question. So if you have increased catecholamines, that's increased sympathetic stimulation, low intravascular volume, you can get hypocyanotic spells or tet spells. Okay, this is important. Briefly talk about some of the variations. So you can get tetralogy of fallow associated with other defects. So for example, pulmonary atresia, okay? another thing that can happen. You can get tetralogy of fallow with an absent pulmonary valve, uh, double outlet right ventricle and atrioventricular septal defect. So other congenital cardiac problems can happen as well. So how would you suspect um, tetralogy of fallow? typically presents in the neonatal period with mild to moderate cyanosis, but without respiratory distress. Okay. Patients with very mild outflow obstruction of the right ventricular tract may be diagnosed at a few months of age as this subpulmonary obstruction worsens and they get a new cyanosis and sometimes a louder or exacerbation of the murmur. Patients with tetralogy of fallow have obstruction to pulmonary blood flow, okay? So they won't present with signs of heart failure, such as failure to thrive, okay? There we go. The second heart sound in patients with tetralogy of fallow may be single and may be loud, and you can get a systolic ejection murmur all because of the obstructed outflow tract, okay? Flow across the VSD is usually not turbulent and therefore not audible. ECG and chest X-ray are good investigations. The ECG will demonstrate right axis deviation and prominent right ventricular force. So that means that you will get large R waves in the anterior precordial leads and large S waves in the lateral precordial leads showing a right-sided dominance on the ECG. The ECG is similar to that of a normal newborn, okay? 
the right ventricular hypertrophy and right axis deviation will not normalize in a patient with cytology of fallow. So this right-sided dominance that you typically get in a newborn will not normalize if you've got cytology of fallow. These right-sided dominance features will persist. You can get a boot-shaped cardiac silhouette or boot-shaped heart on chest x-ray. Again, um, that is a classic SBA thing. Why do you get the boot-shaped heart? Well, anatomically, you have got the right ventricular apex being displaced upwards, being displaced superiorly as a consequence of right ventricular hypertrophy. Okay, and you get a narrowing of the mediastinal shadow due to a hypoplastic or underdeveloped pulmonary outflow tract. So this gives you your boot-shaped heart. Um, again, you can look at diagnosis with echocardiography, okay, which is very important. Hypersynotic spells is one of the things I would like to touch on today. So hypersynotic spells, normally called tetralogy spells or tet spells. So this is a sudden and quite noticeable decrease in the saturation of oxygen due to acute and complete or near complete obstruction of this subpulmonary outflow tract. Very important. Not all patients with tetralogy of fallow will have hypocyanotic spells. Okay, so to be clear, not all patients with tetralogy of fallow will have tet spells. The spells begin to occur at a couple of months of age, at times of agitation or decreased hydration, okay, which exacerbate this obstruction. The murmur produced by muscular obstruction is absent during a true spell because there is almost absent anterograde downflow across the right ventricular outflow tract. They become severely cyanotic, respiratory rate can go up and lethargic. Okay? If they develop metabolic acidosis, there is an increase in pulmonary vascular resistance and a decrease in systemic vascular resistance. Cardiac output is compromised due to myocardial ischemia. So this is bad. You can have collapse and death from TET spells. What causes tetralogy of fallow? Well, they can be associated with trisomy 13, trisomy 18 and trisomy 21. Catch 22. You get micro deletions of 22, 22Q, 11.2 deletion, which is what we talked about when people talk about DeGeorge syndrome. There's also an association, so make sure in the history to pay attention to maternal intake of retinoic acid, uh, which can be used to treat refractory acne, poorly controlled diabetes and untreated phenylketonuria. Okay, antenatal diagnosis antenatal screening, echocardiogram. Management-wise, these are the important things to say. So it's de determined upon how much obstruction you've got. So if you want to preserve the ductus, you would give a prostaglandin infusion. 
and thus will provide a stable source of blood flow to the lungs. Patients who require such an intervention will most likely require surgical intervention at a discharge from hospital. So often cardiac centre being involved. There's plenty of surgical options which I won't dive into today. Okay. The last thing I will talk about is how to manage a hypocyanotic spell. So what we want to do is we want to decrease pulmonary resistance and we want to increase systemic vascular resistance. Okay. Hence promoting left to right flow across the VSD. Okay. Increasing systemic. Okay. That's important. Increasing systemic. So if a child's getting such spells, we teach the parents to place their child in the knee to chest position to increase their systemic vascular resistance and promote systemic venous return to the right side of the heart. If you increase venous return to the right heart, this will increase intracardiac shunting from left to right and increase the preload of the right ventricle. Okay. Medical management. IV access to give fluids, again, to increase right ventricular preload. Oxygen, remember oxygen is important. Low oxygen is a pulmonary vasoconstrictor. So giving patients oxygen decreases peripheral pulmonary vasoconstriction. So that will increase oxygen flow to the lungs. Subcutaneous morphine decreases the release of catecholamines. Again, this increases right ventricular filling. Okay, if the patient remains hypocyanotic, some patients need to become intubated and given phenylephrine to increase the systemic vascular resistance again. So the main thing to learn from today is that very simply, Tetralogy of fallow is a congenital cardiac malformation with a VSD, obstruction of the right ventricular outflow tract, override of the ventricular septum by the aortic root, and right ventricular hypertrophy. It is important to be aware of, this is, if you like, in a very crucial condition for exams and for clinical work to be aware of. And it occurs in three in every 10,000 live births. Associations include maternal diabetes, phenylketonuria and in intake of retinoic acid or isotretinoin. Okay. And may require surgical intervention either immediately or in the future. Thank you.